Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something genderqueer person shares their observations, life stories, and the adventures of their journey through transition and beyond. And now, here's your host, the creator of it all, Charlie Sabrina Miller. Hello, hello, hello. Episode 56. Wow, we're getting up there. We're getting up there. And while we're getting up there, let's listen to that band and groove along. Dance if you can. Sing if you want to, even though there's no lyrics. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back to this crazy, magical sleigh ride of a podcast called Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience, where I, the hostess with the mostess, (laughs) Charlie Sabrina Miller, take you along my journey and uh, tell you what the hell's going on in my life week to week. (laughs) All right, well, first, let's thank the band, as we always do. This week, we have Roro S. and the No Way Band. Give it up for them. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> oh, I love them. I love them. I love them. Ah, oh, so this week, what do we got? Slang terms and slanders. Yeah, this is a this is a topic I thought of even before I even turned any of the microphones on to record even the first bit of anything, knowing that this is something I should talk about. And well, we're finally getting around to it. So that's this episode. Plus, we're still going to have the twenty five famous women share their best in advice that they've either given or received. And uh, the secondary topic, we're going to share some thoughts and uh, a song, just because I like to share songs, which long-time listeners, thanks for coming back. You know that. (laughs) First-time listeners, well, you know, welcome aboard. All I can say is welcome aboard. And uh, the feedback I've been getting from the uh, binge listeners, long-time listeners, is start at the beginning, work your way forward. Uh, And I'm just going to say throw a twist on it. Why don't you go backwards? Work your way backwards, see what happens. Because... Uh, even I know some of the first early episodes are not the greatest, okay? I'll admit that. I will be the first one to say that. I finally got my groove, I feel, well, definitely by episode 50 for sure, but I feel somewhere around the 40s, late 30s, 40s is when I really got the groove down. So anyhow, I'm going off on a tangent because that's what I do on my show. After our secondary topic, of course, we're going to have some listener feedback because that's, that's just part of the backbone of the podcast, you know? Uh, But before we get to anything this episode, let's just touch briefly on last episode. I called it uh, Transitioning Younger Versus uh, Older in Life or Later in Life. Well, to sum it up, real quick, younger bodies react to medical transition differently than older bodies. That's just science. Uh, You know, your body's been around for a while. It's like, you know, it's like an old car. You know, sometimes you're going to need some tune-ups and repairs versus a newer car that's not going to need so much. So there's there's the obvious thing right there. Uh, But with being older, you've got a lot of history there. And, And that can be good and bad. You've got history that you need to rethink. You know, you may hurt people in, you know, unintentionally, of course. But there's a lot of uh, repercussions, we'll say. You know, ripples in the lake as the stone of coming out drops into the middle of it. 
but and when you're younger, you don't have so much history, which is good and bad because when you're younger, you don't have as many. There's more new experiences when you're younger versus when you're older. When you're older, you've experienced a lot more things in life. So <laughs> naturally, when you're younger, there's going to be more new experiences. That's just part of it. Um, also, older in life, you have a better grasp on how things kind of work. Usually, not always. And when you're younger, like I said, the world is so new. And then you're battling the whole thing that we all go through about knowing it all. So there's just some things to, to wrap it up. There's pluses and minuses to both. Go to Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com. That's where I house all the past episodes. Of course, we're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can find us there. Uh, on our website, Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com, you can find an Amazon affiliate link. Do your Amazon shopping through us. Go to the website, click the link, takes you right to Amazon, shop to your heart's content, and we get a teeny tiny little bit of percentage of what you spend. Your prices don't change. You don't even know you're really helping us until I say on the show, hey, thanks for helping us. Uh, of course, there's a PayPal donate button if you choose to do it that way, help out the show that way. Uh, we also are part of Patreon, patreon.com slash changes in latitudes podcast. I've talked a lot about that the last few episodes, so I'm not going to get into it too much. Check it out. Patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Changes in Latitudes podcast. It, uh, I, I will briefly say this. It's like Kickstarter. It's like GoFundMe, but for independent artists that produce content on a regular basis, like me in this podcast. Let's see. The email address, Changes in Latitudes podcast at gmail.com. Find us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash you guessed it, Changes in Latitudes podcast. And then you can follow me on Twitter at SabrinaMiller41. And uh, just to let everyone know, this episode is brought to us by the Patreon patron. Specifically, you listening right now. No name, just you. You know, you know who you are. You know exactly who you are. You're the anonymous person that's donating whatever they're donating, pledging whatever they're pledging, helping us out however they can help us out. And I know, I know you're trying to be anonymous, and that's totally cool. I respect that completely. But consider sharing the show, sharing the Facebook page, sharing the Patreon page, sharing the iTunes or Stitcher link. Just share it. However you choose to share it, share it. Now let's move into the main topic. Ah, you faggot. Ah, he's a homo. Look at the homo. He's so gay. Look how gay he is. Oh, that guy's queer. Stay away from him. He's queer. Look at the pants. He fell down and dropped his lunch. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Gosh, you are such a girly boy. Hey, cocksucker. What are you doing? Yes, this episode is all about slang terms and slanders. That's just a brief example of uh, a lot of the stuff I was called uh, growing up. I, I was even called nerd before it became cool, <laughs> before it became the definition that it is now. Uh, nerd was, was meant to be a derogatory term and not the... Uh, you know, the geeky, kind of cool, kind of 
quirky sort of person that uh, is, well, essentially looked up to today just because. Uh, other, other slangs that I've been called were, you know, this was mostly online as I was, uh, I don't want to say trying to explore myself and trying to figure, well, I was trying to figure myself out, but as I mentioned in previous episodes, uh, I started trying to find answers before the internet was, well, really the internet we know today. There was no such thing as a browser. They were called web crawlers because that's what they did. They crawled across the web to bring up results. So in finding chat rooms and, you know, instant messenger things like that, uh, in, in those sorts of forms, I was called tranny, slut, shemale, uh, chick with a dick. Uh, I'm sure many of you have probably heard this as well, so I don't need to get into all that. Uh, it's, it's all those derogatory terms. Uh, transvestite, too, you know, uh, meant, meant in the derogatory way, not in the way that's meant as part of an identity. Because some people, even today, identify as transvestite. That's what they do. They, they essentially have a part of their life where they are female, and then a part of their life where they are the opposite, male, you know, depending on how, how they go, you know. Women could be transvestites in that they're women most of the time, and then that they're men the rest of the time. It just depends on who you're talking to and who it is. So, so there's people that identify with that term. In fact, I think it's probably grown and, and evolved into, as I've explained in the past for myself now, gender queer, gender fluid, uh, being able to go between both, by gender. Uh, two-spirit is another form of it. it. It just depends on who you ask and how they identify. And that's what I find so cool, is the individual chooses the word, chooses the term to identify themselves. And, and it's hard on the, everybody that's trying to accept it, because you, know, you may have one person that says, yes, I am gender fluid, or I am gender queer. And then you talk to somebody else, and they say the same thing. Yes, I am gender fluid, I am gender queer. And it means two totally different things because of the individual understanding and the personal definition that is given to it by the user. Very similar to, uh, I don't like to get into this topic because it is such a personal topic, but very, very similar to religion. Everyone has their own take, their own view, their own belief of religion, or lack thereof, depending if that's your choice or not. You know, that, that, again, right there, that's your choice. That is your belief that there is no religion, okay? So, boom, we're done on that. It's an individual's definition of that term, whether it be genderqueer, genderfluid, transvestite, tranny. How are trans? You know, I mean, that's another term. So there's so many out there. But in my past, they were all derogatory. They were all meant to hurt, to shame, to humiliate. And it sucked as a kid for me. Because I remember being on the playground as, oh gosh, I don't know, sixth grade, fifth grade maybe, and being called some of these terms and having no idea why. That was the crappy thing, is I had no idea why these people were calling me these words. It sucked. And I remember talking to my, my mom. I don't think I talked to my dad. But I, I, I think I remember talking to my mom saying, hey, I'm being called you know, bad names or whatever it was. And strangely enough, as I sit here, uh, speaking of sitting here, uh, I may sound a little different than some of the other episodes, and that's because I am kind of pinch hitting this episode. I, I'm in transit. I'm sitting in the parking lot in my car with my laptop and a, uh, you know, my travel mic, 
to record this because I want to make sure I'm still on track for releasing my episode. So that's why I may sound a little echoey or a little hollow or something, but hey, I'm here and I'm producing an episode and that's what makes me, uh, that's what makes me happy. That brings happiness to me. So even if the sound is just a little off for this one episode, eh, whatever. And uh, that's why it might be off. Anyhow, uh, I don't remember specifically sitting here as I'm talking to you folks in my car, sipping a cup of coffee. I don't remember specifically what my mother said, but I do remember the gist. It was basically, well, ignore them or call them dirty names. She never said go to a teacher. She never said go report them or anything like that. She just kind of in her own way said stick up for myself, but without giving me any ammunition or information on how to stick up for myself. So I was lost. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's, the, that's the big statement of the, of the century there. I was lost, well, really until I came out as transgender in April 2014. Publicly came out, that is. And it was... <laughs> It was such a, I don't want to say burden, burden isn't the right word, but a weight, a heaviness, a cloud that had lifted from my, from my person. Uh, I was talking to a friend not too long ago, and uh, she couldn't fathom, couldn't understand how the fear of being judged, you know, as a transvestite or as a cross-dresser or whatever it is, you know, your, your personal identification... Uh, in the sense of not being your birth gender, but still being drawn to uh, presenting as a woman, as I, as I phrased it. And she, she couldn't understand the fear that kept me in the closet, essentially. And I remember trying to explain it to her, and it was hard to come up with words. It was such a... The easiest thing, and I thought of this after I stopped uh, our conversation, the easiest way I can describe it that everybody should be able to latch on to is when you're a child and you're being disciplined or reprimanded or, or grounded by your parents for, for whatever reason, you know, choose the reason, everybody's different. But that feeling of, oh, I better walk on eggshells, I don't know what's going to happen next because they are upset or I am in trouble or something along those lines. It was a constant fear of being in trouble, constant fear of being you know, sent to your room, grounded, uh, just uh, humiliated and laughed at by certain crowds. You know, like when I'm walking across the, the playground as a kid and I'm being called faggot and cocksucker and, and gay and homo, uh, it was a fear of, do they see, you know, I have this secret desire to dress as women. Do they see that? You know, as I mentioned last episode, is my transgender showing? And so <laughs> it's just that fear of, you know, is my underwear sticking out? Is my shirt sticking out? Is, do I have toilet paper on, the, on my shoe? You know, so many things that make you feel humiliated or whatever feeds into that fear that keeps you in the closet. So because of being called all these different names, just, you know, made me hide. And, you know, they could have just said, hey, you you know, or, you know, uh, so many other ways to grab my attention. But no, they chose to use derogatory terms. And in hindsight, I think it's because they wanted to make themselves feel better about themselves, which is so true, especially for kids, because, you know, everybody's in that awkward age and they're trying to fit in. So it's just easier to ridicule someone, to make yourself feel better, make you feel more superior than the other people. You know, it's the form of bullying, you know, I mean... 
not not so much in my childhood, but you know, in the in the generations before me, that would be you know getting beat up on the playground because you know you looked at somebody wrong. I'm gonna take you down after school. Meet at the flagpole, three o'clock, you know, that sort of thing. And for me, again, with tr- just trying to figure out my identity, when I was first called, you know, homo or faggot, that's the one that stands out as faggot. Um, or a gay too, but not so much. Faggot was the one that really, really seemed to be used a lot. I didn't really know what it meant. Um, I, I knew that it meant, you know, along the lines of, of homosexual, but I didn't know really what that meant. You know, is you're attracted to the same gender that you are is the base, base concept. Now, mind you, this is before puberty, so I wasn't really attracted to, to anybody at all, you know. <laughs> Everybody, there was no, there was nothing along those lines. And in trying to figure myself out, you know, why are they calling me this? I started essentially second guessing myself. Am I gay? Do they see something that I don't? And that stayed with me, well, for for forever, you know, until I came out and faced that fear. And in growing up, I remember thinking, could I be homosexual? Am I gay? I mean, I don't feel homosexual. I'm not attracted to growing up as a boy. I'm not attracted to men. I'm not attracted to boys. I mean, attracted to them in the sense of they're my friends. And, you know, uh, I like to give hugs. So, you know, hugs are, hugs are awesome because they are. And, and you know, and well, does that make me gay? And it's like, well, wait a minute. My father hugs me. Brothers hug each other. I've seen that, you know. You know so, I mean, it was just hugs. Hugs are nothing. Hugs don't mean, I mean, they can mean something, but they don't need to mean something. So for a long time and into the beginning of puberty, I was doubting, you know, I'm not attracted to men, but they keep calling me homo or they keep calling me gay. They keep calling me faggot. What's going on? And this stuck with me for years, even after I realized, no, no, I'm not attracted to men. I am attracted to women. And had some girlfriends and was starting to be, you know, sexually active. But it still stuck with me because of how hurtful it was back in elementary school and even in junior high. And it wasn't really until college when I had moved out uh, from home that I was able to start to explore, well, as I've called it in the past, cross-dressing. And uh, I've shared a couple stories in the past about, you know, this uh, girlfriend of mine came over and brought some supplies, we'll say, with her and was able to doll me up, <laughs> you know, basically uh, be girly. And it was liberating, quite, quite awesome. And again, it, made, it all makes sense now that I've embraced my transgender. You know, I, I've, I've embraced being transgender. I didn't know at the time, but there was that little girl inside me that was just trying to show herself through whatever, maybe my mannerisms, maybe my you know, freedom of, of, of just general love. Like I said, you know, about hugs and making, and being, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, empathetic to, to some people. So it's, I didn't really understand what was happening. And so when those assholes were calling me those words, it, it hurt her. And so she hid until I was able to safely explore her behind closed doors with someone I trusted. I think, I, I think they like to pick on me because I never fought back. I kind of took it. You know, I never, 
never was one to re- to react with uh, you know other put down. You know, I never played. Well, back now we're talking old school. I never played the dozens, or I never played you know your mama game. I I I don't I don't like that. I'm not I'm not good at that. Even though it might be humorous, even though it might be funny, that sort of humor was is not my style. Uh, it might it, it, long time listeners by now you should know my style. Okay, just gonna say that it's uh, it's I like puns. I like tongue in cheek. I like play on words, you know, that, that's, that's my sort of realm that I, that I play in, you might say. Um, and it was, I guess, looking back, I was more of an oddball, more of an outsider than anything else. So it was easy to pick on me. And I was an outsider because I changed schools every couple years. It was, it was, it was intentional, but it wasn't, you know, because I got in trouble or anything like that. Uh, it, it, sometimes it was because we moved homes. But most of the time, it was because my parents, in the late 70s, early 80s, wanted to give me the best education they could, and it was a private school system at that time. So, for most of the um, elementary school and junior high, I moved schools. Let's see. Let's do a quick recount. I I didn't make notes on this, so. I went to public school for kindergarten. Then at the end of that, my parents found a private school. But because it was public school, kindergarten, the private school said, oh, you didn't learn enough in kindergarten, so you're going to have to take kindergarten again. So I took kindergarten again in a private school. So there's the first move. Uh, I was at that school for kindergarten and first grade. And then I moved to another school for second grade and third grade. And then I moved to another school for 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. Then I moved to another school for ninth grade, my freshman year of high school. Then I moved to another school for the remainder of my high school career, sophomore, junior, and senior. So I, especially with high school, when I came in as a sophomore, all the freshmen that, you know, the previous freshmen that are now sophomores as well, I wasn't part of that group. I wasn't part of that, you know, oh, we're all here together. This is a new school together. You know, I was a sophomore in a new school. So I just trying to fit in with any of the groups in high school was just such a pain in the ass. And, and, and really, I was never accepted. Up through senior year, I was really never accepted, which really sucked. And while I'm on the subject, my best year of high school even I said this back in, in, in my senior year and, and right after graduation, my best, and I say it today, my best year of high school was ninth grade, freshman year. I met some awesome, outstanding, wonderful people that I'm still friends with today, uh, some of which listen to the podcast, so hello, you know who you are. I, I had some incredible experiences some that I will, that I've always held dear to my heart, some memories that will never go away. So it was, it was pretty awesome. It was a pretty goddamn awesome experience. And to say it at 20 something years later, it's, it, 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 it means something. So, so thank you to everybody that may be listening that knew me, met me in my ninth grade year. You, you know who you are, helped make that the best year of my high school career. Now, the reason I changed schools, as I said, was for private school, but um, high school was, was public. When I, when I, for ninth grade, it was a public school, and then the remainder of high school was, was pro- uh, public as well. Uh, and that's just because of the timing of things, and, and then financial at the time. But 
The reason uh, my parents wanted that is because, like I said, they were trying to get the best, you know, money for their dollar, you know, the best education for me for their dollar and make sure that I had, you know, the attention I needed in school. Well, in hindsight, it didn't quite work out that way. I don't remember the number of the episode, but I titled it, I'm not as think as you drunk I am. I talk about having dyslexia and being tied up on certain words and pronunciations and definitions and spelling. Spelling sucks. Oh, thank God for spell check. So uh, to learn more about that, go back and find that episode in the archives. But that, that dyslexia made it so hard, made really the last couple years of junior high and all of high school incredibly, incredibly hard. Uh, so much so that I really felt like an outsider. And so since I changed school so much, like I said, I was always the outsider. I was always the new kid, which if you've ever been that, even if it's just once, you know, it's a tough. And I don't think I ever played the victim. I know I said that a bit ago. I don't think it was ever intentional. I don't think I played the victim. I think it just happened. Now, here's something to ponder. 50-something years ago, you know, 50, 60 years ago, why was it more commonplace to be called a faggot? You know, I mean, in a derogatory term like I was, you know, why did that remain acceptable? And then how did it change? I'm grateful that it changed. Awesome. But where was that step? And why was I in that awkward time period when, you know, it just, it was not acceptable, yet people still said it? So I wonder, the people that used to, you know, call me faggot and homo and gay and whatever, makes me wonder where they are now. Were they secretly homosexual and just, you know, standing up macho side for themselves? Because that seems to be one of the more logical answers. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call somebody else the thing that I think I might be so they won't call me that. Uh, I, I did the same thing, except not in a derogatory way like I mentioned. I did it with humor. I would pick on myself before anybody else could pick on me. I, I developed that skill really, well, I started in late junior high, probably seventh, eighth grade, but I really honed in on it in high school when, uh, when I really sunk my teeth into the dramatic arts and, you know, really started looking at how dialogue is taken off the page and brought to life. So I would start to not, not officially sit down and write responses, but in my head, I would start writing reactions. Okay, if somebody calls me this, I'm going to do this. If I see this starting to happen, I'm going to do that. You know, just kind of getting ready, getting prepared if somebody was, you know, going to essentially make fun of me, humiliate me, verbally beat me up. I started beating myself up in a humorous way before they could even do it. So therefore, not only did I beat them to the punch in, you know, attacking myself, but usually there was a sense of humor about it and everybody laughed. And at that time, I would much rather have them laugh at me or with me than pick on me. Also makes me wonder about, you know, way back in our history, 20s, 30s, 40s, when people that, you know, were homosexual, and, you know, you couldn't just go around saying you were homosexual. It was, you know, an underground sort of deal. Really makes me wonder about the suicide rate back then. Uh, not that I've looked into it, but, uh, you know, the numbers back then, could they reflect people that just couldn't take the ridicule, couldn't accept themselves as being homosexual or, or accept themselves as being, well, I'll use the word now, transgender, but back then, transvestite or cross-dresser or transsexual or something. Could they not take the pressure so they just decided to 
do what sadly many of the transgender population does? Makes me wonder. Because that's not going to be reported. It's just going to be, oh yeah, somebody you know took their own life. Uh, maybe there's a note, maybe there's not. If it's something about being gay, I don't think the family would release that. No. Just something to ponder, something to think about, something to make you go, huh, I wonder. I wonder about history. And before we leave this section, you know, it makes me wonder about the uh, circle of abuse. You know, was with the people that called me faggot, were they picked on by their older siblings or their, you know, parents or something? Aunts, uncles, who knows? Grandparents? I don't know. Uh, and so many times, you know, the abusee becomes the abuser because they don't know any differently and nobody's told them any differently. I noticed in my teens, though, that the cycle started breaking with, uh, well, specifically with TV shows like, you know, like Quantum Leap, where almost every, well, not almost, damn near every episode, if not every episode, had a great moral behind it. And, you know, a sense of let's make sure everybody's treated equal. I mean, and truly, truly equal. And then there was Touched by an Angel as well. That was another good morality show. And I think, uh, oh gosh, what's that one with Michael Landon? Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven as well. All these shows had great morals about them, you know, do good to others, treat everybody equal. And it was, it was in that time that I think we as a culture started to change because of being influenced by these TV shows, by entertainment. It'd be interesting to look back on some of the movies that came out back then. I, I mean, like I said, I don't have it in front of me. And being in my car right now, I don't really have the internet. So it, with shows like that, is, is where it really started moving into to the politically correct time period we had in the 90s. And it's a good thing. It really is. But in the beginning, I think people just went a little too fucking overboard. We don't need to call that iron circle in the middle of the road a person hole cover. Because the word person hole sounds fucking dirty. Of course, then again, manhole sounds dirty too, but you know, <laughs> it's just a street cover. It's a street hole cover. That's what it is. It's a street hole cover. It's not a person cover, person hole cover, manhole cover, woman hole cover. They, they just sound dirty. It's a street hole cover. That's what it is. So some of the PC stuff is a little ridiculous, but some I, I agree with. I, I, I definitely agree with. It's, it, it helps bring on the equality to show that no one's above or below anybody else. You know, and it goes back to what I said in the beginning. Don't use faggot. Don't use homo. Don't use gay. Those are all derogatory. Queer as well. Don't use them in a derogatory fashion. The only time I could see if it would be only semi-acceptable, and I mean not even semi, partially acceptable, is if, let's just say, one individual chooses to identify with the word faggot. Let's just say just hypothetical here, okay? I don't know anybody that does, but in this vast world of ours, there's got to be somebody at least. So let's just say that's their term, that's the choice that they choose to use to identify themselves. Yes, I'm a faggot. That's, they own the word. Power to them. The only time I would think it's only slightly acceptable to use that word is if you're in the right circumstances, in the right environment, around the right people, and you're introducing your friend who uses the word to identify with to someone else. Yes, this is my friend, uh, John Bob. John Bob? Where did I get that from? Anyhow, this is my friend, John Bob, and he identifies as a faggot. Still doesn't sound right. Nothing I would really say. 
but that would be the only time I would ever think, possibly slightly think, you know, the smidget, smidget, teeny tiny acceptance of it because you're using that individual's chosen word for self-identification in a safe environment. It's the only time, only time I think it would be acceptable. And even then, I don't really think you should use that to identify your friend. It's their identification. Let them use it. Let them say, yes, hi, I'm John Bob, and I'm a faggot. That's their thing. They own it. Uh, just, just like for, my, for myself, back in episode 52 when I came out as genderqueer, I want to own the word queer because it was used in a derogatory term so many times. I was one of the only kids that I know of that felt horrible when we used to play the old game, Smear the Queer. Even though it wasn't anything, you know, it was dodgeball. It was violent dodgeball is what it was. Smear the queer. I felt awkward. So I'm going to own that word, queer. And I, I'm putting gender queer, in, I'm putting gender in front of it to make it gender queer because I, sometimes I'm a guy, sometimes I'm a girl. Just depends on how things go, how the day starts, you know? So if you ever experienced anything like this where... You know, you were called derogatory terms. Please know that I understand completely how you feel, how isolated and humiliated you felt. Because it's not like I could go up and, and say anything to anybody. Oh, that person called me a faggot and it upsets me because I think I might be. That's just going to open a whole other can of worms to whoever I'm talking to. A teacher, a parent, a sibling, you know, an aunt, uncle, grandparent. You know, it's just a counselor. You know, it's just, just how it is. So we're changing. Slang terms and things are changing because more and more people are realizing it's just not cool to use those sorts of words. Uh, it's good. We got a ways to go. We got a ways to go. But what I think is very cool is there's the people like me who are turning around and starting to own certain words, whatever they may be. In my example, faggot. For me, queer. Others may choose to identify as homo or some transsexuals, transgender people may choose to use the word tranny just because that's how they choose to identify i don't suggest anyone ever using that word to describe someone uh even if you're going to describe a uh a bar where you know transgender people are more of the clientele than not we have a few in san diego there's a few up in the la area so you know they're around and yeah, I know the derogatory term and the shorthand term is, you know, let's go to the tranny bar this weekend. You know, you got to know your circles. You got to know your audience to, before you start throwing words around like that. In certain circles, in certain environments, absolutely, it's totally cool. I'm sure that if there was a group of, you know, transgender women, trans women, that were getting ready at, a, at someone's home or a local hotel or something, and then... Their first stop was at the transvestite or transgender bar. That small group of ladies may call it, let's go to the tranny bar. Well, they got a little more ground to, to call it that because they're not too far off from identifying as a transvestite or tranny in the sense of transgender. Everybody's got their own definition. Everybody's got their own use of identity. Uh, so that, that's actually a question I want to throw out to you folks. Do you think the word tranny should just be removed totally? I know a lot of people don't like the word faggot, and I, I agree. It's not a good word to use. I just wanted to use it as an example. 
you know, is should people should people that fall within that category be able to use that word as something to identify themselves? Get back to me, changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com. When you need a professional who specializes in writing, photography, or web design, contact Tom Slayton. At Tom's website, TomSlayton.com, you'll find brilliant WordPress themes, discounts and links for fantastic online services, and sage wisdom from the master himself, Tom Slayton. TomSlayton.com even features a wonderful eclectic collection of photographs seldom seen elsewhere. Visit TomSlayton.com. That's T-O-M-S-L-A-T-I-N.com. Uh, TomSlayton.com. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Hey, folks, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. He's got something for everybody there. Seriously, the, the commercial says it. I'm telling you so much as well. Right now, I just happened to randomly pull up uh, his website, click on a couple different links, and I found this amazing quote by Galileo. I do not feel obligated to believe that the same God who has endowed us with sense, reason, and intellect has intended us to forgo their use. Holy cow, how profound. Tom, fantastic find on, uh, on a quote from Galileo. And there's something to really ponder about. I mean, I know some people may not identify as religious, but the term God just means your deity. It, it's a label. It's a, it, it's a word. You could call him Bob or Frank or Sam. It doesn't matter. It's a name. So the same entity that provided us with sense, reason, and intellect didn't intend us to not use it. I mean, how profound. It makes me wonder, what was this guy doing when he wrote that down? You know, or said it out loud and someone else wrote it down, or however however it was, uh, you know, uh, captured throughout the years, because I don't think Tom grabbed a time machine and went back to Galileo's time to hear him say it. You know, enough like that. But there's a lot of stuff like that. There's other quotes, there's pictures, there's web forms. If you're a writer and you're looking for something to write about, he's got a ton of subjects and and thoughts out there just to say, here, write about this, just to start the creative juices flowing. So check it out, TomSlayton.com. Now it's time for one of the women to share their best advice with us. This one we have is number six. Uh, This is Judy Greer, and if you're not familiar with Judy Greer, pull up IMDb. Uh, She she has done so much. You'd recognize her right away. Uh, Arrested Development fans, she's Kitty. Uh, She's done so many different voices on on television shows, animated shows. Uh, uh, She's in so many different movies. Do yourself a flavor and go IMDb her. Judy Greer, this is what she has to say. My mom told me not to shit where you eat which a lot of people say. But when your mom says that to you as you're packing up your car to go away to college, it really sticks. Don't shit where you eat. Yeah, I think many people have heard this. It's a great, great term. And, and Judy's right. When your parent or someone very close to you says something like that, it sticks. It really sticks because they're being honest with you and upfront with you. And it just makes sense. Don't bring your trash. Don't bring your crap into your area. You don't bring it home, essentially where you eat. Or some people will say, don't, don't shit where you sleep. It's essentially the same thing. You don't want to, well, contaminate your immediate home or immediate vicinity. Don't do it. It's just, 
It's not, it's not a good thing. I, I, the reason I like it is because it creates a pretty damn good visual. <sighs> Don't shit where you sleep. <laughs> Don't shit where you eat. I don't know about you, but the image of somebody, you know, squatting on a dining room table comes to my mind, and that's just gross. So, you know, don't do it. Uh, but it just makes perfect sense. Don't bring that uh-huh, shit home. Don't. Leave it. Leave it where it needs to be. And in our little conversation here, leave it in the toilet. And that way you keep your immediate circle nice and clean and sterile and safe to eat on and safe to sleep on. All right, that's number six. We've got 19 left, huh? Yeah. Hey, if there's any other lists like this that you guys want me to go through and talk about and comment on, send it my way, changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com. All right, secondary topic. Secondary topic. Hey, I know that this show is being released on the 16th. Uh, Yesterday, the 15th of October, is Spirit Day. And I'm recording this, obviously, before Spirit Day, so I can get it out on time. So I'm not exactly sure what I'll be doing on Spirit Day. I know I'll be posting some some photos and links and stuff like that, because that's just what I do. But I want to hear from you. What did you guys do for Spirit Day? Email me. Mark it on the Facebook page. You guys can can mark up and comment and post on the Facebook pages there. If there's an article that you like and you think it would be great to share, put it on the Facebook page. Share it. I'll comment on it, of course, when I get the time. And I'd love to see other people interact and hear what other people have to say. So let me know what you did for Spirit Day. Uh, And then then comes the question, do we really need a Spirit Day? Shouldn't we be able to show our spirit all the time? I think that's just one of the freeing things that happens when you come out and you start living your own life authentically, is that you, you don't need a day to choose to show something. You just do it all the time. So... But, uh, yeah, for Spirit Day, show your spirit, show your, show your transgender, show your LGBT. Now, also in the secondary topic, I'm going to share some music. Now, I'm a little late on this, and that's just because it was back in August when one of our longtime listeners and binge listeners, Serena R., responded to something I posted. I don't specifically remember right now, but we mentioned the song, The Bare Necessities, from Disney's The Jungle Book. Uh... It's one of my favorites. It always has been. Uh, it's just awesome. It's, one, it's, it's a classic is what, what I want to say. So, Serena, this is for you and me, baby. The simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities Are Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life Wherever I wander, wherever I roam I couldn't be found 
off my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities. That's why a bear can rest at ease with just the bare necessities of life. Now when you pick a pawpaw for a prickly pear, and you prick a raw paw, well, next time, beware. Don't pick the prickly pear by the paw. When you pick a pear, try to use the claw. But you don't need to use the claw when you pick a pair of the big pawpaw. Have I given you a clue? The bare necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you. Just try and relax, yeah, cool it, fall apart in my backyard. Cause let me tell you something, little bridges. If you act like that bee acts, uh-uh, you're working too hard. And don't spend your time looking around for something you want that can't be found. When you find out you can live without it And go along not thinking about it I'll tell you something true The bare necessities of life will come to you Look for the bare necessities The simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean a bare necessities That's why a bear can rest at ease With just the bare necessities of life Yeah, with just the bare necessities of life Yeah, man! Now for shits and giggles, I'm going to share another one of my favorite songs from the same movie. Now I'm the king of the swingers, oh, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man, man cub, 
and stroll right into town and be just like the other men. I'm tired of walking around. Oh, ooby-doo. I want to be like you. I want to walk like you. Talk like you. You see it's true. An ape like me. As man's red fire to make my dream come true. Now give me the secret, man cub. Come on, clue me what to do. Give me the power of man's red flower so I can be like you. Okay, now that we've had our little musical interlude, let's get back on track here. Um, for those of you playing along at home, <laughs> and long-time listeners, binge listeners, etc., you'll probably figure out that uh, 
The podcast was actually released on the 18th of October of 2014. And that's because I, I pre-recorded like the first four or five episodes and then had them released all on the same day, the 18th. That way there was a little bit of backlog, a little bit of stuff to listen to, you know, not just one episode waiting a week for the next one. You had a, you know, not quite half a dozen episodes to sink your teeth into and get ready to listen to. And hopefully that would take up, you know, most of your week. And that way by the next week, which would be the 20-something, I guess, uh, the next episode would come out. So technically, this episode that's coming out on the 16th is actually the annual episode, but it's number 56, so I don't know how the math works out. I, I can't figure that one out at all. But that's just a little tidbit for you folks playing along at home. One of the longtime friends through Facebook uh, I met through podcasting, her name's uh, Krista. She started a blog not too uh, long ago. It's about her... Uh, dealing with, living with, struggling with, fill in your own word there, of polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS. And I didn't know this about her. I've known her for roughly a year and change now, maybe a little longer. Uh, I, I actually met her through her husband because uh, of his podcast. And eventually I'll get him on the show just because he's a cool cat. And hopefully I'll get them both on the show because they're both cool cats. But she started a Facebook group and, uh, and this blog that I'm going to tell you about. Uh, mostly to share her story and be cathartic in the way of sharing things like that. Just the same, same similar realm as why I'm doing my show and sharing my story. Uh, although hers is a little different than being transgender, obviously. And it's, uh, it's over at Blogspot. It's called hopeandpcos.blogspot.com. And she's, at the time I'm recording, she's only got a couple entries in there. But uh, I know she's got a few other planned because I've talked to her behind the scenes, you might say. She's a sweetheart. And I didn't really know what this all was until I started, well, I looked into it when she, when she posted it, and then I read her stuff, just to get a good, firm, solid sense of what it's like to deal with something of that nature. Oh, do yourself a flavor and go read it. It's, uh, it's touching. It's, it's heartwarming. And uh, I won't blame you if you can't read all the entries all at once. It's... She, she, she has a good use of the language. I'm going to say that. So check it out. Hopeandpcos.blogspot.com. And Krista, David, you know I love you guys. And I'll be talking with you. We're here, listener feedback, the section of listener feedback that has the music that sounds like 70s porn music. But hey, I like it. I hope you do too. All right, some real quick listener feedback on this one. Uh, this one goes out to Don D, now E. Thank you for listening. That uh, means a lot. It means a lot to me. Um, I, I know we were talking when, when you shared that. It wasn't in text message. And I don't know if I really expressed how much that your listening means to me. Um, it was, I was taken back. So thank you. Thank you very much. It's uh, heartwarming is the word that comes to my mind. Thank you. Next listener feedback goes out to... Uh, someone from my past, my own personal, personal past, uh, from many, many, many moons ago, 
and uh, name is Chris J. And I hope you know who I mean. In fact, I'm pretty darn sure you know who I mean. I hope you, I hope you know who you are, because if you don't know who you are, then I don't know who you are, and why am I even saying this? But uh, uh, in, in not so many words, I know you're listening, because you'll private message me or post something on Facebook making reference to something I say in an episode. And so the only way you're going to say that is by listening to the episode. And uh, just like the previous listener feedback, it means the world to me to know that you're out there listening. So I want you to know that. I want you to know that it means a lot for me to know that you're listening. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. And this last listener feedback, uh, actually, it's been a while since I've done this. Uh, if you go to Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com, on every single entry, every single episode entry, and on the right-hand uh, column bar, you know, you just scroll along, you'll see one. And at the very, very bottom of the page, you'll see links to our, <laughs> our, <laughs> my audience survey. Uh, really, it's an anonymous survey that uh, is, is used by the, 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 the website that I use to keep track of my download counts. And it's all anonymous. I have no idea who does it. I have no, it doesn't even collect your location. I don't even know where you are. But there's an area where you can type in your own response for likes and dislikes. And if you leave it blank, it just stays blank, of course. But if I can read those. So unless you put your name in there... That's the only way I'm going to know who's who. So uh, it's been a while since I've read this, and uh, I think it was August sometime. So if you haven't taken the survey, go take the survey. Uh, it takes, I don't know, a couple minutes to do it. it. helps out in the marketing sense because as the show grows, the more surveys I have, the sooner I'll be able to pick up extra sponsorship, which is pretty cool for a podcast, but that's besides the point. So here is, we're going to start with the likes. This like came in on the 2nd of September, and it says, the upbeat host who tries to make the listener comfortable by openly sharing experiences and thoughts. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad that you uh, see it the way that I try to put it out there. It's, uh, it's, it is. It's, uh, I try to, I try to keep, keep it on the upside because life, is, life just brings you down so frequently. And it, it, it can be hard to stay on the positive side. It can be hard to see the bright side of life. And so I try because I know how much that affects you folks out there. And, you know, you, you put your time in, into listening to me once a week or, you know, if an episode takes a couple days to listen to or however your listening habits are, you're putting that time forth. So if I can put a smile on your, on your face, if I can make you think about something, ponder something, maybe accept something within your own life or someone you know, someone close to you that you love, if I can, if I can do that, then my job, oh, my job is done, and it makes doing this all the worthwhile, all the worthwhile. So thank you from September second. So if you filled out the, if you filled out the audience survey on September second, you know the, you're you're who I'm talking to. So thank you. This next one, and there's only two, so this is the next one, uh, was from September twentieth, and this one says the way you mention feature sponsors, folks you know, etc. Uh, well, thank you. Um, as far as sponsors go, we have, we have Tom, TomSlayton.com, as we heard earlier. And then just the links I have on uh, each episode, the, the Patreon and the Amazon affiliate link and the PayPal donate button. Those are, 
those are the ways to help out the show. And I appreciate you recognizing the fact that I share it <laughs> and that, that, that you like the way I share it. So now we're going to flip over to the dislikes. Obviously, the dates are the same. So let's, uh, let's see what they have to say. So from September 2nd, the person has to say, nothing much to dislike. Well, that's a fantastic statement right there. They continue. They say, the production value is superior and the host is very pleasant. Wow. Superior. Thank you. I, longtime listeners, binge listeners should know by now that I, I do try to provide the best quality that I can with what I have. Like today I said, I'm recording, you know, on the fly in my car. <laughs> well, I know the audio quality is not going to be as best as it could be on some compared to some of the other episodes, but it's going to be as best as I can make it as best as I can make it. And for you to recognize that, that's pretty awesome. Because that means you understand maybe some of the technical aspects it takes to put a podcast together. And I don't think I've ever spoken about it, but this is the rundown. This is the rundown of what I do. I, I put my outline together about the topics I talk about. Then I sit down in front of the computer with the mic on, and usually it's at home in my garage with my nice blue Yeti microphone with my pop filter and my noise-canceling headphones, and I'm able to really focus on making a good sound for the episode. Uh, then I, uh, run, I run the audio that I've recorded once it's already done and such through a program called Levelator, and it basically it raises the lows and lowers the highs, and it balances out the ups and downs of the recording. And then I do my edit from there. I take out the pauses. I take out the ums. Maybe not all of them, but I take out a lot of them. Uh, any flubs that I make, you know, I take that all out to clean it up, of course. I add in the music that you hear. And then I give it one last listen before I, you know, set it to publish. And that's that. That's, that's, my, that's my process. So to put together an episode... I'm just going to run down right now. I'm going to figure it out together. So putting the outline together, oh, on average, probably about two hours. And that's not top to bottom two hours, sit down for two hours and do it. That's, uh, in a, you know, five, ten minutes here. An idea strikes me, so I write it down. Um, I focus on a topic, you know, like today's topic, slanders and slurs. And, and you know, that I focused on. That, that I probably sat down for probably a good half hour or so, maybe a little longer, maybe a little less, to, to write out the points I wanted to cover. And so, so I'd say top to bottom in putting an outline together about two, maybe two and change hours. To record, uh, you, well, if the episode is about an hour and a half, I usually record for about two hours and change. If the episode's closer to an hour, usually it's about an hour and a half recording. Uh, depends on, you know, timing of things and all that wonderful stuff. It's the editing that really takes up the time. So I would say that the edit... Well, let's just say it. most shows seem to be about an hour and a half, hour 20. So that, the first edit going through, you know, removing all the ums and the spaces and the, the cleanup and all that, as I just mentioned, that probably takes, oh, for an hour and a half episode, probably takes about three or four hours, depending on how fast I go and how smoothly it goes and all that. It can probably take about three hours, maybe anywhere from two and a half to four hours, depending on what I'm doing in that particular episode. Then there's the review of the episode, which if it's an hour and a half, that's going to take an hour and a half, maybe a little longer because I'm going to maybe tweak something here or adjust something or whatever. So let's see, we've got about two hours for writing, two hours for recording. So there's four hours. And then let's just say three hours for the uh, preliminary edit. So there's uh, 
seven hours. And then we've got, you know, an hour and a half. So I'd say each episode can take anywhere from probably eight to 10 hours, maybe a little longer uh, to, to put together. And that's not counting the, uh, you know, the uploading and the prepping of all the, the stuff behind the scenes to make sure it gets out to you folks. That's just writing, recording, and editing. You know, then you take, take another, I don't know, hour, roughly, not even an hour, half hour maybe, half hour, 45 minutes to, to put the process together, to, 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 to export the file, to upload it to the internet, to schedule the, the episode, all those wonderful things that happen behind the scenes. So yeah, I would say, I would say that there's probably oh, eight to maybe even 12 hours, depending on how long it takes me to write and edit, uh, to, uh, to put together an episode. So for someone like yourself, to, to comment on the, your, the, the production value is superior, and to choose that word, thank you. That, that's, that's a strong word, and I, I like that. I really appreciate it. And, and then to say at the end, the host is very pleasant. Well, I, <laughs> I do what I can. I do, I do what I can. So, thank you. Now, the dislike from the 20th of September says, The opening sequence. Can't we find something else and mix things up a bit? It's the same thing every single time. Oh, huh, that's, that's different. That's not what I was expecting from, from, a, from a dislike. But that's okay. It's a dislike. I get it. I respect it. Um, the opening sequence. Well, uh, if you're talking about the whole band brouhaha, uh, w- first I want to say make sure you listen to the entirety of episode three. All the way from top to bottom, listen to episode number three. I explain exactly why the opening is the way it is. And it's a little kind of an homage, kind of a little tongue-in-cheek thing for me personally. Uh, I try to do it as fast as possible. That's why it's done within the first, you know, two minutes, three minutes. Uh, I realize I need to tighten up my whole let's talk about last episode, let's talk about this episode coming up, you know, let's talk about Patreon and the website and all that stuff. I know I need to tighten that up. I realized that probably about five episodes ago. So I've been working on that. And and it, 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 it's a learning curve still. It's still a learning curve to make sure I get out what needs to get out, but not bore the audience. As far as mixing things up a bit... Uh, one of the first things I noticed in my own personal listing of podcasts before I even thought about making one podcast, before my previous podcast even, I, I noticed that the more successful shows have a very, very consistent opening and closing uh, just to keep it bookended so the audience, the listener, knows exactly what's happening just by listening to the first few seconds to you know, 10 seconds of an episode or the, or the ending of an episode. You, I mean, for example, with mine, when the music starts to roll for the disclaimer, you know basically what's going to happen after the disclaimer. The disclaimer is going to go through. If there's an outtake, there'll be an outtake there. Not all of them. I'm moving them to Patreon. Uh, but once in a while, something that's just not worth to put the Patreon, I'll throw in there. Uh, sometimes I'll throw in a little something fun, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to episode 55, if you didn't uh, check it out yet. And then I always end it with uh, <laughs> something, something that's pretty classic to, to radio. And that's back in the day when people would produce radio shows. Uh, at the end of their radio show, they would always know that it would lead into a commercial that would lead into the next segment on the radio, whatever it would be. So if you got like a three-hour block of music... And at the end of that, it's going to go into a commercial, and then it's going to go into the news. 
Well, the person ending the block of music would always, not always, but could possibly say, thanks for listening, and now remember this. And then, bam, it's a commercial. So I, in my own way, throw something like that in on, well, most episodes, not, not, not the beginning ones. It's something I started, I don't even remember when I started it, probably in the 40s, episode 40-something. So do you know basically what's going to happen then? I try to keep it different. I try to switch it up a little bit. Long-time listeners that listen all the way to the end will know that. Uh, but as far as the opening goes, I just want to make it as tight as possible so we can get into the main topic. Um, I try to make sure everything's done within the first five to ten minutes, depending upon what needs to be said and cleared up. Uh, but I have been pondering, thinking about not changing, changing's too strong of a word, adjusting the, the opening sequence to, to make it uh, something, something slightly different. Nothing has come to my mind really yet, so I'm not sure if I'm going to do anything, but it's been there. It's, it's a thought I've had. So... So that's, that's where I'm at with that. Hey, thanks everybody that's filled out the survey. I really do appreciate it. If, uh, if you haven't done it yet, go to Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com. On the right-hand side, we've got a link to the audience survey. At the bottom of the page, there's a link to the audience survey. And on basically every single episode, there's a link to the survey. So check it out and uh, show us some love or likes and dislikes as it is. Oh, well, here we are, right at the end. Here we are, here we are. We made it. We did it. Another episode, another episode down. Episode 56. This is the end of it. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking around to the end. I do appreciate it. You know that. First-time listeners, I hope you enjoyed it. Long-time listeners, thanks for coming back. I love you all. I hope you know that. Let's see, next episode, I'm going to call next episode, The Future's So Bright, I Gotta Wear My Shades. That's all I'm going to say. I'm always looking for topics. I'm always looking for guests. Get in touch with me. Changes in Latitudes podcast at gmail.com. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. Stay crazy, everybody. Catch you next week. You've been listening to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you. So let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. 
I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2015 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. You ever notice how some people just listen to a show for the outtakes? Now it's time for 25 famous women to share their best advice that they've ever... That they've either... That's the end of the show. And always remember...